Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. Last week, we started a brand new series titled Counterfeit. And the vision behind this series is to bring to the light all the lies of Satan that have been hiding in the dark. Okay, the lies that he has tortured you with and has spoken over your life, but also within the culture today. And I told you, listen, we're going to attack a different demon every single week. Maybe a demon that's tormenting you right now that you don't even know about. A situation right now that you're dealing with and you don't even know that there's a stronghold in the battle that you're facing that God can free you of today. But listen, it's gonna be a fight. You have to spiritually be prepared for this fight, for this battle. And maybe you're saying, well, pastor, I'm ready. I've been praying all morning. I'm ready for this battle and I'm glad that you are because I have realized looking at countless scriptures that the enemy's main goal is to attack your heart to make you believe in counterfeit love, fake love, not the real stuff, not following Jesus, but, but following your own desires and the things that you want right now in your life, right? Because think about it. If he can convince you that life is all about following your own heart's desires, and isn't that what we hear all the time from culture, from movies? follow your heart's desires. And listen, he can also unpack a whole world of sin to fulfill those desires. By what you look at, what you give into, what feels good in the moment, right? Because according to the world, passion is love. If it's passionate, it must be a good thing to give into. And so what I notice is that the devil will package this lie of counterfeit love, but he puts it in a beautiful box so that he can persuade you to believe that your heart is right and that God's word is wrong. How many times have you been deceived with that? Following your heart's desires, even though it goes completely against what the word of God has spoken over your life, because Satan knows a truth that unfortunately and sadly, many Christians do not about our heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked, talking about all of our hearts. Who really knows how bad it is? Why is it so bad? Because our hearts are selfish, meaning we want things now and we want things that will always benefit our life. And sometimes that means that you don't wanna listen to God about that relationship or about that job or about the direction of your life. And guess what? Where your heart goes, you will follow. Where your heart goes, that will direct the course of your life. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What you choose to love is what you choose to spend the rest of your life with. That's what he's saying. Listen, some of you are blind in a way where you don't even know, but you may be in love with demons or demonic things in your life or you're allowing demonic things into your house over and over and over again, and you're wondering why you keep falling back into that addiction, why you keep falling back in the same rut, why you feel like things are in your life are just incomplete and you're not satisfied, even though you're chasing everything the world tells you to chase. All of us are guilty of this because we think if we just give a little here, a little there into this end, right? It shouldn't really hurt us, but what does the Bible say? How bad can it really get? James chapter one, verse 14 and 15. Temptation comes from our own what? Our own desires. 
our own heart's desires, which entice us, listen to the wording here, which will entice you and drag you away, meaning Satan knows what sins you crave, what you desire, and he will dangle it in front of your face. Hey, don't you want this? And the moment you go after it, it's like a fish on a hook. He just pulls you in, right? These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when the sin is allowed to grow, pay attention to that. Notice the wording here. When sin is what? When it's allowed. Meaning you gave it permission to grow in your life. You didn't stop it. You didn't give it over to Jesus. In fact, you just allowed it to keep growing and growing and growing, believing the lie that this was love and it would fulfill you. But in the end, what does the Bible say? It gives birth to death. Death. Death to your soul and death to the healthy relationships you were meant to have. Mm. Because that's fake love. So the title of today's message is that, fake love, fake love. Let me say it like this. Here's a warning. If Satan can convince you to only chase fake love, you will never know what real love is. If Satan will convince you to only chase fake love, in your life, you will never know what the real thing is and you will always miss it. Only real love can come from Jesus. And so I wanna set you free today. I wanna see you delivered today. And so today's message is gonna go hard. There's a lot of scriptures that I need to show you. It's going to convict you, but at the same time, it's gonna deliver you from some demonic things that have been attacking you every single day. You can be set free because of Jesus and the true love will satisfy you. But what is fake love? Really think about it. What is fake love? If you were to write it down, what is fake love? What would you write down, right? Believing that these promises of the world can fulfill me. I wanna, I wanna show you what fake love is according to the Bible. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses one through five, okay? Because at the end of the sermon, if you wrote down what you thought was love, I want you to see, maybe it's not what you thought it was, or maybe it will not fulfill you like you thought it would fulfill you like the world said, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5, through five, Paul does not hold back when he's talking to Timothy about what people will love, listen, in the end days. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times, for people will only love themselves. Sound familiar? They will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing to be sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others. Now listen to this. They will have no self-control, meaning they will give in to anything that looks good in the moment. They will be cruel and they will hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure sensual and sexual pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, listen to this, and they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Listen to the wording of Paul. Stay away from people that live this life because listen, what you allow into your life and who you allow into your life can change you over time. Listen, loving people doesn't mean you have to tolerate sin and allow that sin in your life. You can love people from a distance. You can pray for them from a distance. Why? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says it like this. Do not be misled. Bad company will corrupt good character. 
when you tolerate sin, when you allow disruptive people in your life over and over again in your inner circle, they will start to wear on you and you will start to follow their patterns if you are not careful. Meaning, boundaries are a biblical method of guarding your heart. It's okay to set boundaries in your life, to love somebody from a distance, to meet with them every now and then, but don't allow them in your personal life if they're living fully in sin. So here's what I wanna do though. I wanna break down this scripture today out of 2 Timothy, and I wanna show you four revelations about counterfeit love, okay? What the Bible says about love and how easy, easily all of us can be deceived, okay? So let's get started. Point number one is this, lovers of lust, okay? Lovers of lust. In the end days, many of us will become lovers of lust. Second Timothy again said it like this. They will love pleasure, sexual pleasure, rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And we talked about this over the last few weeks. I mentioned it last week very quickly, but the nation of Israel started to fall during Solomon's reign. And Solomon was King David's son. And at first he started it off right. He loved the Lord. He dedicated everything over to the Lord. But over time, he started to believe the lie that his heart was more important. And so what happened to King Solomon? He started to follow his heart instead of the truth of God's word. He was the wisest man that ever lived, which means he had supernatural knowledge from God, which should also give us all a warning today. You can have all the biblical knowledge out there, But if your heart is chasing after fake love, if your heart is chasing after lust, you will always follow the lies instead of the truth of God's word. Because that's what we see in Solomon's life over and over again. Because guess what? Solomon knew the truth. He knew exactly what God said. God said, do not marry those women because they would turn your heart away from me. But just like many of us today, Solomon didn't want to listen to God about the relationship he wanted to pursue. And so he jumped in it anyway, over and over and over again. He did not want to listen to God. God, don't tell me what to do when it comes to my relationships, who I want to love. First Kings 11, verse one and two. Now King Solomon defiantly loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh. Verse two, from the very nations of whom the Lord said to the Israelites, God already said it, you shall not associate with them nor shall they associate with you for the result will be that they will turn away your hearts. Turn away your heart to follow other gods. God warned Solomon exactly what would happen. God was saying, listen, if you want to pursue this relationship, you will leave your relationship with me. You want to pursue this lust, guess what? You will give in to that lust and you will leave. You will rebel against every word that I have spoken over your life because everything God speaks is a promise. Everything God speaks over your life is a blessing, even in times where you don't understand it. When God is telling you to forgive somebody and you don't understand why you should forgive them, God is still speaking a blessing over your heart so that it's not filled with hate. He's always trying to free you from the bondage we want to go back to. Over and over again, we see this, right? Mm, But listen to the last sentence. Yet Solomon clung to these in love. He held on to these things that God was telling him to let go. And and guess what? When we desire something so badly, one is never enough, is it? Right? You can't just eat one donut. (laughs) 
Or get that bag of chips, a big one. You're like, I'm just going to have a few. And you know, by the end of the day, it hadn't even been 30 minutes. You ate the whole bag. You know what I mean? You give into it over and over again, right? First Kings 11 verse 3. He couldn't get enough. And so he had 700 wives, princesses. Listen to this. He also had 300 concubines, which means Solomon had a thousand wives in his life. And guess what they did? His wives turned his heart away from God. Exactly what the Lord had spoken over the relationship took place, but he did not listen. God was telling Solomon, listen, let go of this before it destroys you. And so I want to ask you the same question today. What is God telling you to let go of that you're still holding on to? What are some things that you're holding on to? Maybe it is that anger. Again, maybe they said things about you and they hurt you. Maybe you loved somebody who betrayed you and now your heart has been shattered and broken and you're like, God, I don't want to forgive them. But that hate is filling your heart over and over and over again and it's getting mighty full. And God is saying, listen, something's going to happen in your life if you don't change today and let it go. Maybe it's lust in your life. Maybe there's an addiction in your life right now and you feel guilty and you feel ashamed and every time you give into this sin, you feel like you cannot be used by God, but you also have believed the lie that you can't be free of it. Listen, Jesus can set you free today. And Jesus is telling you, listen, let it go. Give it over to me and I will transform your mind and I will give you a new heart and you will see things differently. Maybe it's pride. That could be the hardest one. Maybe it's arrogance, right? Maybe arrogance is holding you back from the promises of God because you want to believe your own way. And God is saying, let go and trust me. I'm doing things that you can't see right now, but listen to my voice and I will always lead you into the promise. But if you don't listen to the voice of God, you will always walk away from his protection and you will walk away from his promises every single time, but that is on you. I need you to see out of the scripture though, Solomon lost his self-control due to his desires. He lost self-control. Without spiritual self-control, and the Bible tells us we get self-control by the Holy Spirit living inside of us today. Without spiritual self-control, the Bible tells us that we have no protection over our hearts. I want you to think of that because you're letting everything in. You have no walls up. You're letting everybody and anybody that has a nice face that smiles at you and tells you things that you want to hear, go ahead, enter into my heart, enter into my life. Let's have a relationship. Let's live our life together. Everything should be great. And they turned out to be somebody completely different from what you thought because you did not have patience. We don't like patience. We don't like to wait for things. We don't like to pray over things, but God will reveal things to you. But you need patience to hear his voice. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it, listen, unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and he sets himself up for trouble over and over again, meaning your city is broken, also meaning your heart is broken. Your life is broken. When you have no walls up and you do not guard your heart, your heart is broken because you give it to anybody that tells you what you want to hear, right? Or your identity is broken because you believe all the lies as long as you're accepted in the moment or maybe you're living a broken life right now. You're chasing what, not, what will not fulfill you. And it's all falling apart. Walls will fall down. Mm. 
And we think being hurt is the worst thing because that's the flesh. We're thinking about our emotions. But see, the Bible also tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we fight a spiritual fight. So something spiritual happens too. I need you to see this. This may be a revelation for you today. Solomon did not just marry foreign women. He also married foreign gods. I need you to see that. He did not just marry foreign women. He also married their foreign gods, allowing demons into his home and into the nation. First Kings chapter 11, verses four through eight. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods. Instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been, Solomon worshiped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely. Notice the wording. And notice what Jesus said. He said, I must be Lord over your life. That's what Jesus said. But so many of us think we can make Jesus Lord over part of our life. That's a lie. Jesus must be Lord over your entire life, the direction of your life. He thought that he could serve Yahweh and still allow these idols into the land. And Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You will hate one. You will love the other. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. And on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he also built the pagan shrine of Chemosh, the detestable God of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all of his foreign women. The same women God told him not to get in a relationship with. The door was open the moment he decided his heart, he thought his heart knew better than God's truth being spoken over his word. So Solomon built such shrines for all of his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. Meaning, let me say it like this, Solomon became tolerant of other religions. Because isn't that what the world says is a good thing? Just be tolerant of everybody's beliefs and the religions, don't tell them about the Christian faith, don't bring up Jesus, just come together. Go ahead and just worship your gods together. Isn't that great? Because all paths lead to the same place, the devil whispers. That is a lie straight from hell to lead you to hell. But how many times have you heard that lie? How many times have you seen the bumper sticker on somebody's car? How many times have you seen a talk show where people were just talking about this? Like all paths lead to the same place. No, they do not. And Jesus made it clear that's a lie from Satan. In John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus told them, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the father. No one can get into the kingdom of heaven except through me. There is no other way. The road will be narrow. There will be times you feel all alone. But Jesus said, but I'm at the finish line waiting on you. And I'm hearing the promise for you to step into it. There is only one way to the kingdom of heaven. There is only one way to be forgiven and see salvation for all eternity. That is Jesus Christ. So Solomon married foreign women, got in relationships God told him not to get into. He married foreign gods. He became tolerant of other religions, allowed it all over the nation. But then Solomon had something happen. I bet he didn't think would happen. Solomon's desires did not only affect him, it also affected his children. His lust, his desires, his heart desires affected the generations after him as well. First Kings chapter 11, 
verse 11 through 13. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, God is saying, here's my grace because I spoke a promise over your father. I spoke a promise that one day the Messiah would come from this land, from this promise. So for the sake of your father, David, I will not do this while you were still alive. And I would take the kingdom away from your son. Now we hear things like this and we're like, man, that's, that's harsh, the son. Children learn from their parents. And this is also called a generational curse. A lot of times if a parent is verbally abusive, the child over time will also be verbally abusive when they become an adult because it's all that they've heard and it's all that they've seen over and over again. So since Solomon's son saw him disobey God, guess what? Solomon's son is going to do the same thing. So God is speaking exactly what's going to happen. He's not going to listen to my word because Solomon, you didn't listen to my word, okay? But even so, God said, I would not take away the entire kingdom and I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of of my servant, David. Two times means fact. God is confirming my promise will still stand. And for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. And now God would have to split the kingdom of Israel from north to south. And the northern kingdom would be called Israel. The southern kingdom would be called Judah. And the kings would go against each other and live differently from north to south. Because listen, here's the main point of that. When you chase fake love, division will always happen. When you chase fake love, division will always happen. Again, Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You will love one, you will hate the other. Jesus also said a house divided against itself cannot what? Cannot stand. So guess what? Lust will always cause a separation. You can't be committed to marriage and the spirit of lust at the same time. It will always cause a separation in your life. Division will always come breaking families apart, affecting the, gener the generations after you. Do not become a lover of lust. And you can rebuke that today. Jesus will forgive you and set you free and redeem you today from whatever you have done in the past. You just follow him. You fall in love with him because Jesus also said where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. Make Jesus your treasure and you will see freedom in this area of your life. But point number two is this, lover of lies. Not only did they become lovers of lust, they became lovers of lies. Second Timothy also stated, listen, they will slander others and they will have no self-control, no self-control over their tongue. For the things that they speak that come out of their mouth, how they put other people down when they're angry or things happen in their life. They're just speaking whatever it is they want to speak. They will be cruel. Now listen to this, underline this part. They will hate what is good. Notice that and think about our culture today. They will hate what is good. They will hate what is pure. They will hate the truth, meaning people will start to love the lies that make them feel good. Think about it. This is why you stay maybe in a, a bad dating relationship because I've, I've realized, listen, when it comes to counterfeit love, when it comes to fake love, we're actually in love with the lies because if you're in a bad dating relationship and you're with somebody who said they would never break your heart, but they've already cheated on you and you've seen all the red flags, they flirt with everybody, they hurt you, they condemn you with their words, but yet you stay in the bad dating relationship. Why? Because they said 
It would never break your heart, even though you've already seen it happen. So you're in love with the lies. You're in love with this belief in your head that they're not going to hurt you, even though they've already deceived you and hurt you. I also need you to understand, this is what demonic spirits do. This is what deceiving spirits will do. This is a demonic behavior and influence, maybe in somebody's life that you're with right now by the way that they treat you because they've opened way too many doors. And so we see out of the Old Testament and even out of the New Testament that demonic idols would promise everything you want, but only come to destroy your soul and your salvation. Let me say it like this. They promise what you want, but they come to destroy your future. They come to take away your hope, to make you feel crushed and broken in the moment. And so for the rest of Israel's history out of the Old Testament, you see some good kings, but a lot of times they had more evil rulers and more evil kings. And every time there was a bad king over the nation of Israel, you would see something change and shift within the culture and the government. And you notice in the nation of Israel, they started to love the lies more than the truth. They wanted to hear the things that made them feel So let me say it like this. If Satan can convince you that the truth is all about feeling good, then he can make you believe anything. Mm. We fall for that. How many times have you heard people say, well, this is my truth. The only truth I hold on to is the truth of God's word. Because feelings change. Your emotions change. You can like something one day and hate it the next. You can be friends with somebody one day and then next day you don't like them at all. You're too different. You don't even want to hang out with them. Feelings change. But the truth of God's word stays the same in every season and every trial of your life. That's why it's so good that we serve a God who does not change. His grace and his mercy and his forgiveness was for them and it's for us today. His promises were for them and his promises are for us today because he's a God that doesn't go back on his word. But when I look in the Old Testament, I start studying this more about these demonic spirits. We definitely see during the reign of Jezebel and King Ahab, there was a Jezebel spirit, and this is a demonic spirit. And if you don't know who Jezebel is, she was a wicked queen over Israel. She was married to King Ahab, and it was her goal, it was her mission to kill the real prophets of God. In other words, it was her mission to shut them up to close their mouth from preaching the truth because all they wanted to hear is what made them feel good. She had a lot of false prophets, counterfeit prophets of Baal that spoke whatever it is she wanted to hear. Look at this, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse three and four. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, We studied Elijah not that long ago. This is why Elijah ran from Jezebel. Elijah was actually scared of her. Here was a man of God who saw supernatural signs and wonders, yet he was terrified of her because he knew it was a demonic spirit. It was a demonic principality that was trying to rule the nation and take out every prophet of God. And so he ran away into the wilderness. And God met him exactly where he was. And God said, listen, don't you be afraid. I'm still gonna use you. And guess what? I'm gonna raise up more. There's going to be another prophet that comes after you. His name is Elijah too. And you will teach him all the ways and he will stand up. Every time there is something demonic in culture, the true prophets of God will stand up and speak the truth. Every time. The question is, are you listening to the truth? 
or you're listening to the lies. But again, she wanted to kill all of the Lord's prophets and Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in the two caves. Let me say it like this. She tried to cancel them from speaking because they spoke the truth, the truth of God's word. And that's exactly what we see in culture today. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't mention Jesus on a video. Don't talk about Jesus being the only way because if you do, you will be canceled and it will be be taken off the air. It will be taken off of this. It'll just shut you down. Keep speaking about Jesus. Because my God can open up doors that the enemy thought he's shut. Right? My God can do something in your life. Keep speaking about Jesus. Do not be afraid of the enemy. And they're lying prophets. But we know that this is a demonic spirit working through Jezebel because the spirit is actually mentioned a thousand years after Jezebel's death. Here's a letter from Jesus to the church of Thyatira in Revelation chapter two, verse 20. Here's what it says. But I have a complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin. She teaches them to pursue pleasure over the truth of God's word, to be in bondage instead of being set free, thinking that they can serve two masters and eat the food offered to idols. But notice that she calls herself a prophetess, but she is no prophet of God. She is a counterfeit prophet of Satan speaking lies to the people, the things that they want to hear because it allows them to satisfy their flesh. That's where the temptation comes from over and over again. But this is a demonic spirit. This is a thousand years after Jezebel has already died. But it's a spirit that can attack the church. It can attack your life personally. It can attack a nation. It is a principality that wants to rule and be the Lord over people's life. And so I'm looking at all this text. I'm looking at the story and the, the history of the nation of Israel. And since King Ahab and Jezebel were evil and they rebelled against God, guess what? They love to hear lies and they love to spread lies upon the nation as well. Just listen to what Ahab said about the one true prophet named Micaiah, okay? Uh, Ahab is about to go to war and he needs help from the king of Judah. He brings the king of Judah. He tells him, okay, listen, all my prophets have been speaking good things. Right? And he brings all of his fake prophets, his counterfeit prophets, and they're speaking lies. And they're saying, prosperity, peace. You're going to be saved. You're going to win this battle. But I love out of the story that the king of Judah wasn't sold. And he literally looks at King Ahab, knowing who King Ahab was. And he says, but do you have like one true prophet of God? <laughs> like, do you have one person that doesn't suck up to you? <laughs> and, and will tell the truth of God's word and listen to what Ahab said. Okay, and this is about the prophet Micaiah, 1 Kings 22, verse eight. He said, yeah, yeah, there's one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, meaning, yeah, there's one guy that's a real prophet of God, but I don't like him. <laughs> Look at this word here. He goes, I hate him. Like a little kid just like stumping their foot. Like, I don't like this person. For he never prophesizes good concerning me, only evil. And this was huge for me because I looked at the wording here that we see in our culture today, how he's twisting the wording. What was Ahab saying? He goes, listen, he never preaches good about me, meaning he never lies about me. So Ahab is saying the lies are good because they make me feel good in the moment, but he only preaches evil, which means Ahab is calling the truth evil because he doesn't like how it feels. 
He doesn't like the conviction. It hurts his feelings. Listen again, feelings may give you the wrong directions. Hurt feelings is how you grow. Hurt feelings is how you learn. I need to give this over to the Lord to be healed because I can't heal this myself. We have to go through hurt. It helps your faith mature to not just run away every time something gets hard in life. Mm. But he said, he only prophesies evil against me. And so now I'm looking into the scriptures and did a lot of research on this because I wanted to see just how twisted and how bad the culture got and looking at our culture today and this demonic influence, because a lot of people say, get with the times, right? They said, the times have changed. Like you're still in this old book and believing these old things. Listen, the times have changed. Listen, you see the same demons pre-flood, after flood, and even in today's culture, and you will recognize them and you will be able to rebuke them out of your life and out of this nation. And that is something every believer has the power to do because of the authority in Jesus Christ when we use his name. And that says freedom into your life. But I'm looking into the text and I realize that God reveals something about lying prophets over Judah, okay? And this is actually out of the book of Jeremiah. And the prophet Jeremiah is speaking to the people and he's known as the weeping prophet as well because the people did not listen. Why? Because too many lies from the counterfeit prophets, from the false prophets. You have so many people saying, you're gonna be safe, you're gonna be okay. They didn't want to listen to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is saying, listen, because of your sins, because of your wickedness, because you rebelled against God, now Babylon is coming in and we're gonna go into captivity, Judah. But you don't wanna listen to the truth. But look at this, okay? Again, the lying spirits, the lying prophets were claiming prosperity and peace when destruction was knocking at their door. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14 and 15. Then the Lord said, these prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any messages. They prophesy of visions and revelations they have not seen or heard. They speak foolishness, made up in their own lying hearts. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will punish the lying prophets for they have spoken in my name, even though I never sent them. They say that there will be no war, no famine to come, but they themselves will die by war and by famine because they speak lies to the people. When you lie to people to make them feel good, you never give them a chance to repent of their sins. And repentance is what will change you and bring you eternal salvation. That's why it's a temptation from the enemy and a strategy of the devil. But please look at the end of verse 16. This is gonna be the amplified version because I like how it's worded here. But God stated to Jeremiah says, for I will pour out their own wickedness on them and add only on the imposters posing as prophets. Listen, for the people could not have been deceived without their own consent. God is saying judgment is coming upon the false prophets who are lying, but it's also coming upon the people because the people wanted to hear the lies. They wanted to believe what made them feel good in the moment instead of the truth that would set them free. So destruction is coming. And I want you to see this. I don't have this in my sermon. I'm going off notes right, real quick. But in 1 Kings chapter 22, okay, Ahab again is asking the king of Judah, come help me. Listen to my prophets. I want you to see this, all right? In 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 21 through 23, it states this, then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice them talking about the lying prophets. The Lord said to him, how? And he said, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit 
and the mouth of all of his prophets, talking about King Ahab's prophets, then the Lord said, you are to go and entice him and also succeed because God already knew that they would believe the lying spirit instead of the truth. Now then behold, the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all these prophets and the Lord has proclaimed disaster against you. First Kings 22, 21 through 23. They weren't just lying. There was something spiritual happening. Demons were speaking through them. Lying spirits were speaking through these prophets who claimed to be of God speaking the truth, but disaster was coming. And so very quickly, because I still have a lot to show you, but I do want to answer this question. How do you know the difference between a lying spirit and the true voice of God? I want to show you three ways real quick. Okay, the first is recognize rotten fruit. Recognize a tree by his fruit. Recognize rotten fruit. If somebody claims to be something, yet they speak a different way and their lifestyle looks a completely different way, they are not from God, they are from the enemy. Or they are being deceived themselves and they want to bring you into deception. Matthew chapter seven, verse 15 and 16. Be careful of false prophets, for they come to you and look gentle like sheep, but they are really dangerous like wolves. You will know these people because of what they do. Good things don't come from people who are bad, just as grapes don't come from the thorn bushes and figs don't come from thorny weeds. Recognize rotten fruit in a person's life. Second is this, no confirmation from what they speak, ever. It is never confirmed what they have spoken over your life. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22. If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. For that prophet has spoken without my authority and need not to be feared. Some of y'all are listening to people who are never right. Think about it. Some of you are taking advice from people that, you got that one person in your life that always comes up to you and says, hey man, if we invest in this, me and you can make a lot of money. Yet you know they're living off credit cards. They got no money, but they're telling you how to raise money. I'm telling you, some of us are listening to people who are never confirming what they're speaking. There's no fruit in their life. Third thing is this though. Be careful of people that crave attention. Be careful of people that want to be seen. They want to be heard all the time. This is a Pharisee spirit. The Pharisees wanted to be seen as religious in front of the people, but yet their hearts were far from God. And, and this is a proud spirit also saying, notice me. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Destruction and you will fall when you're proud. When you think you did it all on your own, your own strength and not by the strength of God. All right. Now this brings me to point number three, lover of self. We have become lovers of ourselves, of what we want instead of what God wants. For people will only love themselves and their money and they will be boastful and they will be proud. Second Timothy chapter three, verse two. So I'm studying Jeremiah. And this is where I was. I was just reading this for myself. And I saw that first revelation about the lying prophets. But then Jeremiah continues to talk with God. And here's something that God brought to my attention also. A second reason of why Judah went into captivity with Babylon. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse four. Because of the wicked things, Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, King Judah did in Jerusalem. 
I will make my people, listen to the wording here, an object of horror to all the kingdoms on the earth. And again, reading that, you would say, man, that's, what kind of loving God would say such a thing? What kind of good God would do such a thing to his people? But I want you to see what they did. Why they deserve the judgment that they had that would make them repent, okay? Meaning the people of Israel had to go into exile, had to go into captivity to humble themselves. They were too proud to repent. So the enemy had to be in control of their life for a time for them to be changed and saved, okay? But the answer, okay, what did, what did King Manasseh do? Son of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah loved the Lord, but his son did not. Second Kings chapter 21, verses three through six says that Manasseh, he constructed altars for Baal and he set up an Asherah pole just as King Ahab of Israel had done. Same demonic influence. Loving the lies, the same demons at work right here. And also listen to this. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshiped them. This is talking about the worship of astrology. Because as the Babylonian empire was getting bigger and bigger, they started to bring out things like the horoscope. The horoscope was created by the Babylonians, by Babylon. And they created this, why? Because they believed that the demons can control your life and they would give you the things that you want on the days that you were born, according to how things align in the sky. So they started to worship the creation instead of the creator. This was all to fool people so demons can run your life. And we still see this today. And a lot of people think it's a joke and they still go about this way and they still think, okay, this is gonna tell me how my week is gonna go. Listen, don't allow demons to tell you how your week is going to go. Give it all over to God. Only God knows your future. Okay, because horoscopes were invented and becoming popular by the Babylonians at this time. He also did this. He built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord. Underline that, please. Because we've seen that, but we just look past it. He built these idols these altars in the temple, in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord has said, my name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built these altars for all the powers of the heavens and both courtyards of the, gods, of the Lord's temple. Manasseh also sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced sorcery, divination. He consulted with mediums and psychics, and he did much that was evil in the Lord's sight. He wanted all this power, all this authority. He wanted supernatural answers in his life, but he never run to God for those answers. He went to everything else that the world said, this will give you the answer. It was all counterfeit. It was all fake. And every bit of it, every lie opens up a door for a demon to attack your life. To put thoughts inside of your head, to make you think a certain way. So what demons did he bring into the culture? The first thing we don't want to talk about is Baal. We talked a little bit about Baal last week. He was the false god of prosperity and power. They also believe that Baal brought rain, which is why Elijah said, listen, I'm going to speak from the Lord. There'll be a drought for three years. The idol that you serve, that you believe will make you prosper and bring rain. There will be no rain until my God says so, until Yahweh speaks it, Right? And a lot of us know the story of 450 prophets of Baal that went against Elijah, but what did they do? Remember, Elijah is standing up to them and he calls fire from heaven and only Yahweh was able to do this. All right, not the fake prophets of Baal and this counterfeit God of theirs. But here's what they did. 
First Kings chapter 18, verse 28, they cried out with a loud voice to get Baal's attention. They cut themselves with swords and laces in accordance with a custom until blood flowed out of them. They had to harm themselves. This is demonic. They believed in this state of meditation. They could have an altered state of consciousness. If they hurt themselves, they would hear from them, God. This is all paganism, every bit of it. It was a demonic door to harm them. Their God could not hear them. Baal did nothing for them. Only Yahweh was able to do the supernatural. All they did was hurt themselves and then they were killed. They were destroyed because of the fake counterfeit God that they served. And so there's a major difference between the meditation of the world and the meditation as a Christian. As a Christian, we meditate on God's word. As a Christian, when we get into the word of God, we praise Jesus and we look at his word and we allow his word to fill our minds and our hearts. But the world will tell you meditation means just open up your mind to let whatever in. Just be empty to let whatever in. Just release it all and allow anything into your life. Don't you know that is an open door for a demon to attack? Especially when you hurt yourself to get into an altered state of consciousness. This is all demonic. The second demon though is Asherah the female deity of fertility from the Canaanites. Listen, this demon promoted prostitution, pornography, homosexuality, and sex slaves, forcing young virgins to prostitute themselves. So now I need you to understand, he put these fake counterfeit idols in the temple of God. That's what Manasseh did because that's what this female deity promoted all of these things, which means people came to the temple of the Lord. He turned the temple of God into a brothel. People came to experience God, but instead they experienced this because in order to worship this deity, people would gather together to have sexual relations with random strangers, spouses with other spouses, and even more disgusting things because they would get lost in the passion. It's even believed that pedophilia would take place as they worshiped, it was horrific. They did all kinds of perverted things because they gave into their lust. They allowed their lust to get a hold of them. They gave into these passions. This is how they worshiped this female deity that perverted what was the house of God because they thought they could serve two masters. A demonic culture will always lie about sex. A demonic culture will always tell you what sex is, but it's not. They're just pretending that perversion is a lifestyle choice. Listen, Jesus can set you free today from whatever addiction is in your life, whatever perversion is in your life, the things that you know are not right. God can set you free today and show you what real love actually is according to his word, because the Bible, listen, makes it very clear what it's not. Romans chapter one, verse 24 through 27 so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Underline that. I need you to see that in this verse. Again, the world will tell you to follow your heart's desire. That's what will fulfill you. That's what will complete you. Romans 1, 24 through 27, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, meaning they created the own God they wanted to serve in their own minds. 
they made up a God in their head. They said, we're gonna serve a God that is tolerant of sin, just allows us to sin because sin makes us feel good in the moment. We're gonna serve a God that changes with times, right? The culture has changed. So we're gonna serve this God that allows things to be changed. A God who does not tell you what to do, just allows you to do it and then blesses you when you run to him. That God does not exist. You understand me? That is a counterfeit God. That is a fake God that does not exist. But listen, demons will attach themselves to this figure in your head, in your mind. And they make you believe that this is the truth. This is your truth. This is what will fulfill you and satisfy you. Listen to the rest of the wording here. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator of himself who is worthy of eternal praise, amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. And listen, I didn't write this. This is the word of God. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of the sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So according to the word of God, listen, let me make this very clear. Homosexuality is a sin. But let me also say it like this. Adultery in marriage is also a sin. Perversion, pornography, addiction over lust in your life is also what? A sin. So even as believers, listen, we all have something we deal with. We all have something that we are tempted with, okay? You will go through temptation, but Jesus will deliver you out of that. But the world is telling you, listen, you can identify in your sin. You can identify in this, meaning you can keep it going in your life and never repent and never walk away from it because that's what will fulfill you. Being tempted by sexual sin is not the same as identifying in it. We're all tempted in different ways, but your identity must be in Jesus Christ. Because I want you to experience real love. I want you to know the love of the Father. To see what we see out of the book of Genesis when God created a man and a woman to be married together, to have this covenant together, this blessing. It was only supposed to be for marriage between a man and a woman to be fruitful and to multiply God creates perfection. God doesn't make mistakes. And when, so when you're saying my identity is in my sin, you're saying, God, you made a mistake with me. No, he doesn't make mistakes with you, but you know what? The devil will tell you you're a mistake. And the Bible, listen, let me say it like this. I heard a pastor say it like this, and I thought it was so good. The Bible will tell you to transform your mind and your heart, but Satan will tell you to transform your body, to become anything you want to be. And now people literally transform their bodies and pay so much money to change things that they can never get back. The worship of perverted idols will always lead to a perverted life. And so as Christ followers, we are called to live a holy life. Because again, everything that God speaks is a blessing and a promise over your life. The last demon that I wanna mention is Moloch. So here's what happened. Here's what they did within the culture. They would all come together to worship Ashtoreth, have sexual relations, and then the women would become pregnant. And then they would come together with the newborn babies and they would sacrifice these children to Moloch. They would burn the babies alive. 
2 Kings chapter 21, verse 6, Manasseh also sacrificed his son in the fire. And I realize in our culture today, the message of these demons are still being heard. Sleep with whoever you want, as much as you want, and abort the child to live your life, to do what you want to do. It's the same demons, same beast system. This is not a political issue. This is a biblical issue. God said, listen, I knew who you were when I formed you in the womb. I put a purpose on your life in the womb. Even before anybody else saw you, I created you for a purpose. But the enemy will always attack the innocent. Every time we see throughout the Bible, out the Old Testament, they will attack the innocent. And so I don't have a picture of this, but right now in New York City, I showed you the statue of, of what I consider Bell to be in New York City last week. There's a, another statue now in New York City and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's placed by the Ten Commandments. It is a statue of Medusa. And the creator even said that it's a symbol of abortion. Right now. And it stands there today. I think it's about eight feet tall. This thing stands there today in New York City. Same demons. Working in our culture today. And so as I prayed over this, my heart was to convict you. My heart was to show you the truth because we get questions about these things all the time. What is right? What is wrong? What is love? How do I pursue a relationship? Does God say this is okay or not? Listen, I pray that I've revealed to you what is truth and what is not today. And here's my good news for you today. No matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, there is deliverance. So point number four is this. There is deliverance for your life today. There is redemption for your life today to be restored. I love looking at the genealogy of Jesus. And we see a lot of women there that had some issues in their life, yet they're in the family lineage of Jesus Christ. And we see Ruth. And a lot of us know the story of Ruth, but did you know that she was a Moabite? Which means she came from a very pagan culture, culture that sacrificed children and worshiped idols. She saw these things growing up, but God redeemed her. He restored her. And he spoke promises over her life. There may be things that you have done in your life, in your past, that you just didn't know. You believed those lies of the world. You didn't know the truth. You were deceived and you gave into some things and now it breaks your heart. But listen, God knows your pain and he knows you and he's still calling you his child. And he can still bless you and lead you. And sometimes, listen, some of the hardest things that we have been through, that could also become the most powerful testimonies to preach about today. To give other people a chance to hear the truth, to not be afraid to offend them, but to share the truth of God's word that would set them free. I used to believe that lie too about love. I used to give in to this temptation as well, but Jesus changed my life by showing me the truth. And now the Holy Spirit has given me self-control. I want you to see something very powerful. When they came to kill Jezebel, okay? And in 2 Kings chapter nine, she did something very odd. I wanna show you this. 2 Kings chapter nine, verse 30. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard the news and she put on her makeup. She fixed her hair. And then she stood by the window and looked out. What was she doing? Jezebel was trying to seduce the man that came to kill her. 
Jezebel was at the window looking at the man who would come to kill her and stop her. And she was hoping that she could seduce him so that she could be kept alive. Listen, it's the same thing in your life. Demonic idols right now, they look at you in a certain way to seduce you, to keep them there. Every time you say, listen, it's time to get this over to Jesus. They want to seduce you so that you do not kill them off or take them out because they know when Jesus shows up, they have to leave. They know that when Jesus' authority is there, they have no power over your life. Again, they want to be Lord over your life so you can rebuke them today by declaring that Jesus is Lord over your entire life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be healed. You will know what real love is be able to spend an eternity in the kingdom of heaven. So I want to answer this question for you before you leave. How can you get delivered? I'm asking our prayer team to come up front. I'm asking you to stand right here. And I want to share four things with you. And I want to encourage you today. Listen, if God spoke to you today, place conviction on your heart, then you can come down to this altar today and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. And the Bible says that you will be saved. I just read that. God says, I will heal you, restore you, because he has good things for you. So how do you become delivered to these things? The first thing you need is submit it to God. Come down before the presence of God or even at your chairs and just say, God, I have been a sinner. I've made so many mistakes. I believe the lies of what fake love is, but now I know the truth of your word. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and guess what? He will flee from you. The moment you submit yourself to God, the demonic stronghold over your life flees. It leaves. It is broken down. It is torn apart because of the blood of Jesus. But you have to make that choice. You have to submit that area of your life, your entire life, over to Jesus, and then the enemy will flee from you. The second thing is this. Flee from lust. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Listen, let me say it like this. Joseph did not try to convert Potiphar's wife. What did he do? When she tried to tempt him, what did he do? He ran. He ran away. He did not allow it in his life. He closed the door. He did not get too close to the line to do something he would regret. He fleed away from it a relationship just to convert somebody allow God to convert their heart first allow God to change them because if they're basing their relationship with Jesus off of you guess what one day you're not going to satisfy them because none of us can be put on that pedestal only Jesus can okay so flee from the lust see is this take thoughts captive 2 Corinthians 15 verse 5 take every thought captive to obey Christ all right? When you hear thoughts of perversion, when you hear thoughts of lust, recognize that it may be your flesh, but it also may be demonic, okay? And it's not from God. And you take that thought and you rebuke it in the name of Jesus and you open up his word to see what the truth really is. Because that lie will tell you this will satisfy you, but this word of God will set you free from that lie. It will devastate you. It will destroy you. It has come to take away your salvation, but I am here and I will give you strength. Flee from it. Your thoughts open to the Lord. 
D is point D is probably the hardest for a lot of us in this room today or maybe watching online is forgiveness because a lot of people have a hurt past due to sexual abuse in family or with friends maybe something happened in your life and you're still questioning why did this have to happen to me and it will eat you up on the inside and I believe today God is telling you to forgive to let it go to let him handle it for the vengeance should be from the Lord not from you because the Lord is a righteous judge meaning he would not allow people to get away with evil if they never repent and never come to him he will handle them better than you ever could and I realize listen it may be a wound in your life but when it comes to people dying of wounds do you realize a lot of people don't die from the wound they die from the infection it takes place from the womb. And so some of you right now, your hearts may feel infected because you have not forgiven. And that same infection is getting over your body and making you feel like your identity has been broken. And it takes courage. But trust me, this is the Lord's will for you is to forgive so that he can set you free and trust that he will handle these people better than you ever Forgiveness. The Lord forgive you if you don't forgive others. And so right now, straight up, do you need prayer? Do you need to come down to this altar and submit it all over to God? Do you need to take somebody by the hand and say, hey, listen, pray over me in this area. I'm really struggling. Or maybe I have it unspoken and I just want to talk about it, but I want to be set free from this thing. I didn't realize this demon. This demonic attack was in my life. I didn't realize how many doors that I opened. I didn't realize how many lies that I believed about love. But I want to be set free. The word of God says, humble yourself and the Lord will heal you. Pray and seek him and the Lord will heal you. Repent of your sins and the Lord will heal you. You can have healing today. You can still leave broken. But that's based upon the decision you make right now. So right now we're going to lead back into worship, a time of worship and praise. And we're going to believe that there's healing taking place. We're going to believe that God is going to give you answers. God is going to give you a peace that nobody else can do. But it's up to you to run to him. Let us humble ourselves before the Lord today. Come on. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.